The Kings shovel things up to help get an important win. We'll talk about Gabe Velarde and Kevin Fiala moving in the lineup and scoring, plus a big win for goalie Cal Peterson. Also, will the Kings build off that win as they play back-to-back road games starting tonight in St. Louis? We'll discuss all that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Halloween, everybody. I know what you're saying. Put the mask back on. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We met our goal of over 800 subscribers by the end of October, and our next goal is to try and get 900 subscribers by the end of November, start of December. Thank you guys all so much for your support of the YouTube channel and of the podcast. Really appreciate how we're growing here on Locked on LA Kings, and it is all thanks to you. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan for 30 plus years. Um, Real quick, before we get into the show, I did meet up on Saturday with one of our listeners, David, at the Kings-Leafs game, and he said that the video quality of the YouTube channel could be a little bit better, and I appreciated his honest feedback. So we are using a new camera for today's show so if it looks better if you can tell any difference maybe make a comment uh down below and again maybe put the mask back on if it if it actually does look better i know i have a face for radio it's okay i'm comfortable with it uh so hopefully we have a trick and not a treat tonight for the la kings they get set to play in st louis on this halloween night but before we get into tonight's contest we have to look back at saturday's big win over the maple leaves for many reasons first and foremost the king's Bounced back with a solid win after an ugly performance against the Jets in their previous game. L.A. also, for the first time this season, made lineup changes not related to injury or illness as head coach Todd McClellan looked to shake things up after he was clearly not happy with that effort against the Winnipeg Jets. So for the first time this season, there was a change on the top line. Gabe Velarde was moved up to the top line to play with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Kevin Fiala was moved down to play on the third line with Rasmus Kupari, who was called up from Ontario earlier in the day, and he centered the third line along with Carl Grundstrom on the other wing, and Arthur Kaliev was inserted into the fourth line. He kind of knew this was coming. After the Winnipeg game, uh, Todd McClellan had gone basically with the same lineup through the first nine games of the season. Now, there were a couple of changes because of some illness or injury. Obviously, Alex Iafalo getting hurt, and then illnesses to Victor Arvidsson and Quinton Byfield. But other than that, he kept the lineup pretty much intact, trying to let these guys learn how to play together, develop some chemistry, especially with the top line. Um, but after that Winnipeg game, I think it became pretty obvious to him and a lot of other people that things needed to get changed and shuffled up, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, On the defensive side, rookie Brant Clark was out of the lineup for the first time uh, since missing opening night. He had played eight straight games and was was replaced by the veteran Sean Walker. Well, the lineup changes, at least for one game, worked. Uh, Velarde looked very comfortable on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe uh, as he scored his team-leading seventh goal of the season 
Going into tonight's game, Velarde is tied for second in the NHL in goal scoring, trailing only Connor McDavid, who has nine on the season. And let's be honest, Gabe Velarde has played like a top-line player all season so far. So this um, it, it, this move seemed to make a lot of sense. Um, I know that I saw a comment on Twitter that says, oh, great, now we're, we're paying our third-line left winger $7 million a year. Well, the flip side of that comment is we're playing our top-line right winger $1 million a year. What a bargain. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, I mean, Gabe Velarde playing on the top line, that makes a ton of sense, to be totally honest with you, because he's been, like I said, he's second in the NHL in goal scoring. He's been amazing this year, and he's fit in wherever Todd McClellan has plugged him in, whether it's the fourth line, whether it's the third line, whether it's the second line. I think he may have played a game on the second line this year, um, but definitely the third line. And now the first line, um, again, look totally comfortable playing with Andre Kovatar and Adrian Kempe. And of course, he has seen some time playing with them on the number one power play unit as well. So that move seemed to make a lot of sense. And frankly, um, Gabe Velarde's earned that spot. As for Kevin Fiala moving down to the third line, um, that's a hell of a third line player. I don't know how it's going to work out when Kevin Fiala comes back, but or excuse me, when uh, Alex Iafalo comes back, but we'll worry about that when it happens. As for Fiala, if you want to call this a demotion, um, he certainly responded to it uh, very well. Either he was motivated because of it, or he just said, whatever, I'll, I'll play wherever you want to play me and I'll do well because uh, he had a strong game with a goal and an assist against Toronto, had the clinching goal in the third period after a great individual effort. He stole the puck from a Toronto defender, and then right after stealing it, he scored unassisted. That was the dagger goal in that 4-2 win, the fourth goal of the game. And also call up Rasmus Kupari. Didn't have a point, but he looked solid centering the third line in his first NHL game of the season. So all the decisions, all the lineup changes, again, at least for one game by Tom McClellan, um, absolutely worked against Toronto. And it also didn't hurt that the power play got on track with a pair of goals. We had one from Adrian Kempe playing on the first power, power play unit, and we had another one from Victor Arvidsson playing on the second power play unit. Most importantly, though, the Kings closed out this win with a pretty solid defensive effort. They were up 3-2 to start the third and did not allow the Leafs another goal with some good defense and some solid goaltending from Cal Peterson. Peterson, who allowed three goals in one period, in his last outing in Pittsburgh, stopped all 13 shots he saw in the third period. Overall, he turned aside 26 of 28 shots on goal. Solid win for Cal. Hopefully, this is a start of getting his game back on track as well. So again, it was a very encouraging win for the Kings after a bad performance in the previous game against Winnipeg. But we asked the question again for the Kings. Can they string together some solid performances? Keeping the Halloween theme going, the Kings this season have been Jekyll and Hyde. You never know what you're going to get from this team night to night, which is part of the reason why the Kings are 5-5 five and five so far on the season. They've had some good performances. They've had some very good periods. They've had a couple of pretty good games, but they've also had some bad periods and some bad performances and a couple of bad games. So uh, we'll see what we're going to get for the Kings tonight. Again, it, it's it's great that they bounced back after a bad performance with a good performance, but again, they, they have to string some good performances together. We have to see more good than bad. No team's going to play perfect. No, no team's going to be great night in and night out, but they need to be more good uh, than more bad. And so far, like I've said, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. So what was the Kings... Um, in probably their best game of the season. We talked about it uh, last Tuesday. They beat Tampa Bay, and then they followed it up with the loss to Winnipeg. Now they come back with another solid game against Toronto again. 
let's see tonight against St. Louis in the first of back-to-back games, another solid, smart game where they limit mistakes and, of course, get a win because that ultimately is what this is all about. So are they going to be able to do it tonight? We'll find out and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. Uh, One more note from the Saturday win. We mentioned that rookie defenseman Brant Clark did not play uh, it was the first time that he had not played since the opening night um, lineup was was introduced, and he's played every game since. Um, head coach Todd McClellan said afterwards that it was just a move to get Sean Walker back in the lineup. It was not because of anything, um, and that there were any issues with the way Brant Clark had played in the last game. Uh, but regardless, Clark still has one more game before the Kings have to make a decision on keeping him in the NHL this season or sending him back to his junior team. And reports seem to indicate the Kings are going to keep him in the NHL this season. But we shall see. Um, And if he plays tonight, then we'll find out soon after. Either they'll send him back to his junior team and we'll see the transaction. um, And his entry-level contract will not kick in until the next time he plays an NHL game. Or he just stays in the lineup. He plays that 10th game. The contract kicks in. And he's with the Kings for the rest of the season. All right. So good win for the Kings on Saturday. How about that game tonight and tomorrow? And we will discuss that in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for football betting and for the new basketball season as well. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Series, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. So the LA Kings are back on the road for a mini three-game road trip. Kings are in St. Louis tonight. They'll also play tomorrow in Dallas against a very good Stars team. Um, And so the Kings will also be playing on Thursday in Chicago against the Blackhawks. So that's the three-game road trip the Kings have coming up this week. Kings are 3-2 and on the road so far this season. Remember, they went 3-0 and to start their first road trip of the season before losing the final two games. Tonight, they take on a St. Louis team that is 3-4 and so far this year. Blues started the season 3-0 and with victories over the Blue Jackets, Kraken, and Oilers, but are currently riding a four-game losing skid, falling to the Jets, Oilers, Predators, and most recently the Canadiens on Saturday 7-4. to The Blues have allowed 13 goals in their last two games. Let's hope that continues. Uh, St. Louis uh, did make the playoffs a year ago, uh, but didn't do much in the offseason to improve themselves, and they did lose a couple of key pieces in veteran forward David Perron and number one goalie Billy Husso. Still, the Blues are thought to be a playoff contending team this season, but have gotten off to a bit of a rocky start. Sounds familiar. Uh, With the Kings playing on back-to-back nights, it appears from the information on the road from LA Kings insider and friend of the show, Zach Dooley, that Todd McClellan will go with Jonathan Quick tonight in net against the Blues and Cal Peterson likely tomorrow against the Stars. I would have thought he'd go with Cal in back-to-back games, trying to build off that good game he had against the Maple Leafs, but instead... Uh, It looks like it's going to be quickie and net. Um, I'm not sure what possible analytics they may have in making that decision. If there was something that factored into that as well. Um, I'm not sure why they wanted quick against St. Louis and Cal against Dallas. Dallas is having a great season so far. They're the top team in the central division and one of the top teams in the Western conference, but we'll see how it all works out. Um, Just checking the numbers career wise. Obviously, Jonathan quick has faced St. Louis a lot. Uh, He's 13, 16 and three all time against the blues. 
with a 2.49 goals against average and a 914 save percentage. Cal Peterson obviously has not faced the Blues as many times, uh, a career record of 3-2-2 against St. Louis, but the goals against average and the save percentage are almost identical to Jonathan Quick, a 2.43 GAA and a .913 goals against average. So again, almost identical to what Jonathan Quick has put up. So maybe there's no real um, numbers decision as to why um, they decided to go with quick tonight, but again, we'll see how it all works out. Also, as I mentioned, we'll keep an eye out to see if Brant Clark plays in the lineup tonight. Um, if he does, then again, that will uh, be the final game before the Kings have to make a decision on whether he stays or whether he goes. Um, and I would think he'd be back in the lineup, uh, judging by what Todd McClellan said, it wasn't, uh, any kind of a, um, concern or punishment for anything he did in the previous game. And I certainly don't recall anything in the Winnipeg game that maybe he uh, made, you know, made any mistakes or anything. So just a shuffle in the lineup. He, it, McClellan indicated it was more about wanting to get the veteran uh, Sean Walker into the game more than it was anything that Brent Clark did. So I would assume that he'd want to get Clark back in the lineup. But again, we will see tonight what they decide to do. So uh, after 10 games into the season, which the Kings have played, where are the Kings in the standings, uh, because I think it's important to keep an eye on that. It's not that important at the moment. It's more important when the season ends and we find out if they're in the playoffs or not. But we're going to check in on where the Kings stand right now in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. But real quick, want to invite you to check out Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL, available on your Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So again, we are 10 games into the season for the LA Kings, and where do they stand in the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference playoff picture? Well, LA currently sits in fourth place in the Pacific Division behind the Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers, and Calgary Flames. This is entering tonight's action. As for the playoff picture, the Kings are currently the final wildcard team in the Pacific Division behind the surprising Seattle Kraken, who are the number one wildcard team in the West. LA actually um, has 10 points, the same as the Flames and the Kraken, but the Kings have played three more games than Calgary, and Seattle has played 10 games as well, but they have two losses in regulation or in overtime, so they have they would have the tiebreaker against the Kings right now. Uh, as we start a new week, I wanted to give you a rain report as well and uh, check in on the Kings AHL affiliate. Uh, the uh, boys down there in Ontario off to a great start, 6-1 and one on the season so far. They are the top team in the Pacific Division. I believe they're the second best team in the AHL overall behind uh, Scranton Wilkesbury, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins AHL affiliate. Uh, the rain are riding a five-game winning streak. Akil Thomas, Samuel Fugimo, and Aiden Dudas are tied for the lead in goals with four apiece. TJ Tynan leads the team in points with 10, nine are assists. And Jordan Spence leads all defensemen with seven points. So again, the Ontario Reign off to a great start. A lot of the young guys are playing well, and that is obviously a good sign for the LA Kings uh, in case they need to make any kind of call-ups. Uh, and also just getting these guys experience because they are likely the future of the LA Kings or who knows, maybe assets to be moved um, to help the Kings in other areas. Um, and if that's the case, obviously you want these guys to be playing great hockey. So they are appealing uh, to other organizations and and so far so good for the Ontario Reign. Good to see. Uh, we have some time to read an email. And this one comes from Mike in Camarillo, who I'm pretty sure has emailed before. 
Uh, and this is what he had to say about the LA Kings. Uh, Mike says, overall, there are so many bright spots with our Kings and it's exciting and it's an exciting time to be a Kings fan. I am so happy for Velarde. He's faced a lot of adversity in his young career and his perseverance is inspiring. Anywhere they insert him, he is producing and I couldn't be more happy for Gabe. That said, I want to know what you think about Todd McClellan's system. I like the coach very much. He's a good man and a good coach, but this is his fourth year, and it seems like it's very rare that all the major parts of his system work at the same time. Just when we seem to fix a problem, another problem that was previously working fine suddenly stops working. Why? Can't Why can't players ever seem to master his system? It's like this fun-to-drive, cool-looking used car that we still love. It works awesome, then something breaks. We get it fixed, and it works for a while, but then something else breaks. The Kings are the same way. Two steps forward, one step back. And I think it's more serious than just working out some bugs in the system. I think it's a design flaw. I do love that almost everyone on our defense is putting points on the board this year, and it's truly exciting to watch. But if that means that they have to give up a dozen grade-A scoring chances every game, then it makes no sense. We have three great offensive defensemen, but the other three D-men really need to be stay-at-home, big punishing bruisers that uh, that the other players fear. We don't have those players right now, and it needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Just wondering why over the last four years, these Kings teams, in order to improve in one area, have to simultaneously regress in an area that was previously working well. So you can tell me, Eddie, is it just a few bugs in the system or a design flaw? And again, that was from Mike. Uh, in Camarillo. Um, good email, Mike. Uh, some good thoughts. I definitely uh, couldn't agree more uh, with Gabe Velarde. I think everybody that's a Kings fan uh, has to feel great about where Gabe's game is right now and the way he has uh, endured and persevered through some issues. Um, a lot of high expectations, a lot of pressure on him, but he seems to be uh, enjoying himself. He's got a smile on his face more often than not. He's playing great hockey. Um, he has seemed to kind of put aside the pressure uh, of being a former first-round pick and a lot of expectations. And, and as we've said in a previous show or two, guys sometimes take just a little bit longer. And there were some some injury issues. And there, were, there was the fact that he was moving from center to wing. And there was a transition period there for Gabe Velarde. But um, yeah, you know, with Adrian Kempe, it took maybe a, a season or two longer than people had hoped. And perhaps the same thing with Gabe Velarde. Of course, he has to do it not only through the rest of this season, but going forward, you know, for the rest of his career, is he going to put up these numbers? I mean, who knows? Um, but right now it's going absolutely as well as it could possibly go for Gabe Velarde and fingers crossed he stays healthy and he just keeps doing what he's doing because, um, you know, what he's shown so far has been tremendous um the skill the work ethic um everything it's it's going great for him and i like i said i totally agree with you it, it i couldn't be happier for him as well um it's great to see not only for the team but for him personally um as far as mcclellan's system i can tell you uh that he does not coach and no coach out there coaches a system where you get some good chances, but you give the other team grade A chances as well. Although maybe the maybe in basketball there was a coach that actually did coach that. Uh, was Paul Westhead? I think it was his name. There was a Paul Westhead and a Paul Westfall. I get him confused sometimes, but I'm pretty sure it was Paul Westhead. Uh, and if you've been around LA for a while, you probably remember him as the head basketball coach at Loyola Marymount back when they had Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and all those guys, and they made that Cinderella run of the NCAA tournament after Hank Gathers tragically passed away. But anyway. That was one guy who actually did coach 
a run and gun style and he did not care about defense. He did not care about the other team scoring. His philosophy was we're going to run you into the ground with this unbelievable fast paced offense and we're going to score, 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 three pointers, three pointers. And and you just won't be able to keep up with this. And it actually worked pretty well. Um, They, I think they've got to like the elite eight in the NCAA tournament or something like that. But uh, I think that was the only coach I've ever known who probably actually did coach his team. Who cares about defense? Uh, We're just going to, we're just going to run the team in the ground with offense. So, uh, that that's not coached though in the NHL. And I don't know, I don't know if an NHL team has ever tried that philosophy. Um, you know, maybe the Oilers back in the heyday when they had Gretzky and Messier and Curry and uh Coffee and all those ridiculous teams. They they maybe maybe they ran teams into the ground, but I'm pretty sure that they weren't taught though not to play defense. Anyway, uh, the point is I don't know that uh, you talk about it being a design flaw. Like I said, I don't I think there's any there's no uh, system where he wants them to be. And he talked about it in his comments. Tom McClellan says, we're not a run and gun team. This is not our identity. This is not who we are. And we need to obviously be much more responsible defensively, make better decisions in the offensive zone. Don't turn it over in, in areas where it's going to lead to an odd man rush or breakaway. So I don't think there's any issues with the flaw. I, I do. It is. I smile a little bit at what you said, though, about how one thing gets fixed and one thing breaks. And I'm, I don't follow another NHL team closely enough to know how this works, honestly. But you are correct. With the Kings, it never seems like two lines are clicking at the same time. It's always, oh, the second line's playing really well. And then, oh, no, it's the first line this time, but the second line then moves back. Oh, the fourth line. The fourth line is looking awesome this game, and all the other lines are kind of just okay. It's like, can we get a game or, or, or two or three where we have – most of the lines clicking at the same time. I think when you see that, then the team's obviously going to be playing very well. And I know last season when the Kings were playing their best hockey, they were rolling out all four lines. Everyone was playing pretty much the same amount of ice time other than, you know, the power play minutes and things like that. And that's when they were playing their best, when everyone was contributing. So we certainly saw it a little bit more in Toronto, right? With Velarde scoring on the top line, Fiala scoring a third line goal. Uh, the power play clicking as well. There were a lot of different parts moving together in that win, and that's why they they had a nice win. But yeah, I, it is noticeable that it seems like, and we're talking about like not just one game, we're talking about multiple games, right? Get, stringing it together, uh, seeing more than one line uh, standing out. But like I said, I don't watch other teams to know if that's kind of the norm, right? If if we, If I were a fan of another team and I watched them every game, do I say the same thing? It's like, oh, the top line's working well, but the third line never seems to, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. But I do, I see what you see as far as sometimes I do wonder why we can't get more than one line kind of clicking at the same time. And maybe maybe it's just we're too locked in on goal scoring. I know that's the name of the game in hockey. It's about putting more pucks in the net than the other team. But, you know, there have certainly been games where, the second line or third line played really, really well, but they, it didn't result in a goal. So I don't know. I guess to answer your question, I don't think there's a design flaw. Um, I think it's there is a consistency issue right now with the Kings. Um, we'll certainly see how it goes going forward. It's getting better, though, I think, right? I, I, I know I'm an optimist at heart, but I do think it is getting better for the LA Kings. Over the last three or four games, I know the Winnipeg game, there were some moments there that were pretty bad, but there were also some really good moments as well. I think it's slowly moving in the right direction. Maybe not as fast as we would like, but I, I'll put it this way. I feel 
fairly confident the next 10 games of the season are going to be better and more consistent and better looking than the first 10 games of the season. That's my gut feeling because I think they're trending in the right direction. Like I said, it's not as fast as we might want it to be. I'm certainly not as as fast as Todd McClellan would like it to be, Um, but I do think they are moving slowly in the right direction. And it is encouraging that they've been, like I said, this Jekyll Hyde team, and yet they're still in a playoff spot right now. There's no, I think we can all agree the Kings have not played their best hockey so far in any kind of consistent way. A lot of hit and miss, a lot of good and bad. Um, once they kind of hit their stride and start stringing things together, I think we'll see them move into a better position as far as a playoff team, maybe challenge for that third spot in the Pacific. We'll see. But again, I think it's moving in the right direction, but it is it's it is going a little bit slow. But we'll see how it goes tonight. If they go right back to allowing bad goals and making bad decisions and hanging their goaltenders out to dry and put allowing four or five goals, then it's right back to, to square one again. So big couple games for L.A. Uh, tonight and tomorrow, especially that game against Dallas because the Stars are playing some great hockey. It'll be, I, you know, even if they don't win that game, we want to see – a better effort, a smarter effort, and, and a close. If they lose a three-two game and they play well, I'm I can I'm, I'll live with that. And Dallas is a good team, but first things first, St. Louis tonight, and then uh, we'll see how it goes uh, against Dallas. Uh, the game tonight uh, is going to be televised locally on Bally Sports West. If you want to check out the game, uh, it is going to be an early start time here on this Halloween. Maybe you can get some trick or treating in uh, before you watch the Kings game. Uh, Five p.m. Uh, Pacific time start time there in St. Louis. And again, it will be televised locally on Bally sports West. Uh, We look forward to talking about a Kings win uh, coming up tomorrow on the show. Um, So uh, we, first of all, thanks to Mike for the email and want to remind you that if you would like to send an email at any time, uh, I try to read them on the show. Uh, The email address is locked on Eddie at gmail.com. E D D I E locked on Eddie at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter we are at locked on la kings and there's an instagram page as well sometimes i remember to put pictures up there sometimes i don't but anyway it's at locked on la kings uh as well hey thank you so much for making locked on la kings your first listen now make your next listen locked on sports today uh the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day available on the audacity app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up to tomorrow's show, we'll obviously recap tonight's game against the Blues and preview tomorrow's game against the Dallas Stars. Looking forward to it. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Have a safe and fun Halloween. And as we say always to close out the show, go Kings go and boo.